1: hey everybody, it's Eric Mann, you're on Voices from the Front Lines, your national movement building show. Uh, excited today to have back on the show two of my favorite guests, comrades, co-workers, uh, Jenny Martinez, the director of organizing at the Labor Community Strategy Center, and who's out in the world, uh, also fighting for... Black Achievement, and uh, defunding the Los Angeles School Police, and Barbara Lott-Holland, the co-chair of the Bus Riders Union, who's uh, been—we're actually co-chairs together. We've been co-chairs for over 20 years, and uh, I guess this is going to be a lifetime job because all we just say is stop MTA attacks on the black nation and stop MTA transit racism, and they go, yeah, right. So that's what we do. We fight the MTA, and we need you to take seriously the particular fight we're involved now uh, against the MTA's efforts to sabotage their own plan, allegedly for fareless or less fair public transportation, we just say free transportation, and their continued attack on black passengers and their continued commitment to taking your money and spending it all on real projects that go nowhere. So, hey, Barbara. Hi, Channing. How you doing?
2: Hey, Eric. I'm well, well, glad to be here.
1: Channing, you around?
2: Yep.
3: Can
1: you hear me? Yep. So, uh, here's what we're going to do for Let me explain what's going on. Um, Voices from the Front Lines is trying to build a movement. Uh, we don't really have guests a lot who say this is right and this is wrong, not because that's not important, but because I think we all know a lot about what's right and what's wrong. We just don't know a lot of what to do about it. Or often, very frankly, some of our listeners, you don't have the will to want to do anything about it. So our show is reaching out to people that, that care Uh, it's reaching people because we need your help. We're involved always in a fight with the Democratic Party, liberal establishment, in a way. That's who the problem is. I'll say it again. You know, Donald Trump is alive and well. He's disguised as a liberal Democrat in Los Angeles. So, and I mean that. I mean, we've been fighting Tom Bradley, and uh, the only one we actually had a good relationship with was a Republican, Richard Reardon, of all things, because he was a businessman, and he was willing to cut a deal. We had no help or hope with Antonio Viragosa, who was once a close friend of ours and mine, and turned out to be a robot. And uh, there's a rumor he's going to be brought back in to be mayor if Eric Garcetti goes to India to inflict more pain on the Indian people. And uh, James Hahn, who was an absolute robotic Nobody. And now Eric Garcetti, who's, I mean, they're all the same. They really are. I mean, what they have in common is a complete lack of empathy, all full with themselves, think they're really good. They have all kinds of lackeys around them who kiss up to them. They have community groups who get contracts in return for just saying nothing or saying something very weakly. So you got the bus riders union, you got the strategy center, you got Black Lives Matters. You know, I see some of the groups that are trying to call the question in the city, and we are trying to call the question right now that we need free public transportation for all, with no qualifications, no uh, requirements, and we need twenty four seven top of the line service, not just free lousy service, but free, excellent service, which is going to involve a massive involvement in the bus system. Uh, We need no cars in a way to restrict auto uses, and you can't really restrict auto use if there's not a terrific public transportation system, which we can totally afford. We want to stop MTA attack on black passengers. You know, how is it possible that 20% of the riders on the buses and train are black, and 50 and 60 percent of the people getting tickets and arrests are black. The answer is it's a white settler state. So, which also trying to deal with issues of stopping the U.S. war against China, the U.S. war against Russia, the U.S. war against Venezuela, Iraq, Iran, the Palestinian people. And we're a small organization of trying to be as big as we can. So, we need your help. And uh, another thing I'm going to tell you, because Channing has been working on this really good article. Uh, Do you have it in front of you, Channing? I do. So uh, we'll be taking turns reading it. But the last thing I want to say is that I was just reading a correspondence from, you know, some of the the new managers at KPFK, you know, saying that there's a lot of interest in more uh, call-in shows. And I think that's great, except we've been a call-in show for 15 years. I mean, I don't know how you do a show that's not a call-in show. We have great listeners, really intelligent listeners. Had a wonderful set of conversations last week. Dr. Bill, thank you. And I'm going to just say the name. It's not right, but Tanahar, until I know what, you know, but you sent me a really great letter. So we got two people that wrote me at Eric at Voices from the Frontlines. So around 2.40... If you're there and a uh, three forty, sorry. If you're there and awake and engaged, uh call us up at eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. You'll be able to talk to Barbara and Channing and myself, and we do care what you think. Uh we have a two minute rule which is longer than we get at the MTA, I'll tell you that. And our listeners have been great. The only two rules are uh Say whatever you think. Say it in two minutes and try to be on topic. If you want to talk about something else, that's not fair to the listeners. Is that okay? Today we're talking about bus riders and we're talking about public transportation. Any thoughts you have in that general direction about what's happening to black folks? You know, you know, we're pretty, uh, what's the word, um, flexible. Mainly call in, okay? We'll figure it out. 818 985 5.75, start around, oh, 3.30, 3.35, and we'll get you on by about 3.40, okay? So uh, let me just tell a little bit of background, and then Channing's going to start with this fearless transportation delayed in perpetuity. That's great. Um, basically what's been happening, oh, this is crazy, is the MTA doesn't want passengers, folks. It doesn't really care. It just wants to build rail lines. It has high prices, bad service, and then it arrests you on the train for anything under the sun. We've been fighting this all the time. So then, generally, and I got to give for Washington credit for this, he's been moving in our direction. Is the point which the bus, uh, the 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 mayor cannot say the word bus riders union. He can't. He cannot even say it. But they know the Bus Riders Union has been fighting for free transportation for 20 years. And now they're moving to, theoretically, free transportation for K-12 through students, but we're going to explain why they're not going to get there. Free public transportation for community college students, and we're going to explain why they have no intention of really doing it. And then instead of free public transportation for all, they got this motion that it's free transportation for all the people that can prove their poverty, or as Channing wrote, grovel in front of the MTA, to get a service that they've already paid for. We need your help to take on Mayor Garcetti, to reach out to Holly Mitchell, to reach out to Hilda Sleese, Mike Bonin, Sheila Kuehl. All the supervisors are on the MTA board. We need your help to get involved, okay? And send me an email at eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com. So we went there last week or a couple weeks ago, and we did all this public comment, which Shannon explained, and we got everybody who said free public transportation for all, and the MTA board said, thank you, suckers, for wasting your time. Now can we get into the ugly business of dividing up all the money, none of which you guys are going to get. So with that frame, hi Channing. Uh, any overall comments? And let's let's start reading your excellent draft.
3: I mean, as, as as disgusting as it is, that every word you just said is the truth. <laughs> they literally just like thank you for wasting your time. Now let's give us give us our damn money. And uh, yeah, that's, and that's every single meeting the Metro ever has. Period. Um, so I'm writing this article right now. The, the name of the article is the bus, the MTA faces the bus riders union and refuses to acknowledge us. No police on MTA buses and trains, free public transportation now. And as you heard from Eric, we're also experimenting with other titles like poison pills, um, and other titles. So we'll figure it out by the time it gets published, but I'll, I'll start reading. (laughs) Um on May twenty eighth, the Metro Board made a decision to move forward with Fairless Transportation the Fairless Transportation Initiative.
1: Janning, I'm no sorry to <clears throat> Janine, I'm really sorry to interrupt. Uh I wanted you to start where it says Fairless Transportation Delayed in Perpetuity. Uh I'm sorry because otherwise it's 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 gonna be twice as long. And you made all the same points there. Can you see it it's on about page four? It says, so let's be clear. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Okay. That's
1: okay. okay. Thanks, man.
3: Um, so, uh, fareless transportation delayed in perpetuity. And it says, so let's be clear. The MTA did a good thing in passing a pilot for fareless transportation for K-12 and for college students. We recognize, however, the Metro board members simply can't help themselves. They must have a, but an honorary section for their infamous oppressive policies, hence the new addition of self-attestation for poverty for 70% of its riders. While the Metro board had two separate motions before them, only one motion, one unified motion passed, having not fully addressed concerns uh, raised by the bus riders. And here is what uh, was proposed. The first motion item 45 brought by Mayor Garcetti, board members, Holly Mitchell, Paul Corian, calls for the implementation of a fairless transportation system in which passengers 70% working class, 80% black and Latinx must attest publicly that they are poor and deserve public transportation. Pilot programs for K through 12 and community college students begin in August, 2021 and all else January, 2022 further the metro then calls for local school districts to pay the bill for fareless transportation okay. even as more than 50 percent of the metro budget is slated to build rail and highway con- highway projects that no one asked for and will serve to further exacerbate the both gentrification gentrification in south LA and the ongoing climate disaster that la cars have helped to create item for item 46 by board members Janice Hahn, Hilda Solis, Aaron Najarian, James Butt, Tim Ahen-Hall, and, Fernando Dutra calls for a delay of any Fairless transportation pilot until there is guaranteed insurance that no not one cent for project budget, rail and highway construction projects are cut in order to pay for Fairless transportation. This is a poison pill to kill any discussion of free public transportation and is tied to the rail lobby. How could board members Solis and Hahn even consider such a destructive motion?
1: Yeah, just a minute there as you go on. I mean, the reason they could do it is because uh, the MTA budget is basically a slush fund for liberal Democrats to build construction projects, It's a slush fund for the construction unions that discriminate against black people. And even if black people are there, they shouldn't be building these rail projects. Uh, Every board member wants uh, a rail project in their district. And uh, this is sort of like saying, uh, we agree we're going to give money to black people, but we cannot take a penny away from white people. So yeah. really well, I mean this is unbelievable and Hilda Solis and Janice Hahn come in uh with this very ugly motion, uh and then go ahead, Channing.
3: Um so here is what passed, uh, which is item forty five as amended by Janice Hahn, Holly Mitchell, Mike Bonin, and Hilda Solis. It uh implemented fairly and this is a summary, we'll we'll look at the actual motion, but Implement the Fairless System Initiative, subject to a final financial plan and while pursuing cost-sharing agreements. Um, and it's like an A through G bullet point, spelled out a self-attestation process, cost-sharing agreements and administration of the program with participating school districts, philanthropic partnerships for to pay for Fairless Transportation, report back to the board uh, monthly on development, launch, and performance of fareless transportation. The Han amendment is basically to fully include municipal operators with fare subsidies, no funding from existing operations or capital program alignment with Metro's uh, equality equity program. Mitchell's amendment included maintaining the current fare collection policy in perpetuity until Metro Board is satisfied with the financial plan. We think that means non-enforcement affairs, but it's still up in the air. Uh, Bonin's amendment had further details on the report back of the full motion. And finally, Solis' amendment was to report back on the feasibility of using Federal Federal American Rescue Plan uh, funds to fund the pilot program, which is basically funds that Metro received uh, COVID.
1: So basically, Uh, and you're about to go on, I mean, just one thing here again is that here these people have $8 billion, including $4 billion of our sales tax, and they want to go look for philanthropic subsidies to the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, it's really crazy. You know, it's just really, really crazy. You got to listen to this to see. This is Hilda Solis, who was the Secretary of Labor and is saying I will not spend a cent to give you low income. I mean to give anybody a free transportation. This is Holly Mitchell who ran, you know, as a relative progressive, has done some good things. And uh, this is as you'll get to hear the combined motion where Hahn and the mayor cut a ugly deal. Go ahead, Jenny.
3: Uh, so, so what does this mean? While we thought that item 45 on its own had its own problems, namely the inclusion of self-attestation of poverty, we felt that item 46 was especially dangerous uh, dangerous and destructive motion. Essentially, Mayor Garcetti accepted item 46 into his motion as if it were a friendly amendment to move progress. Garcetti agreed to take out specific implementation dates And Hahn agreed to take out the word delay and instead describe an indefinite delay in many more words. (laughs) If you're lucky, if we're lucky, maybe due to Supervisor Mitchell's amendment, we'll have our current non-enforcement affairs for the next 40 years until every project included in Measure M has been paid for as per the wishes of Supervisor Hahn. Uh, Let
1: me ask you this, Channing. uh Channing. Uh, Dr. Bill wrote in, and and, uh, this an example of things we learned from the listeners I should have known, is they are enforcing fares on the train and not the buses. Is that correct?
3: That is correct,
1: yeah. Right. So when she says keep it and you you get it so if you don't have any money and you ride the bus and then you get to a train and you try to get on the train, you could be arrested for fare evasion and given a $125 ticket. So – that's one thing that's important when they say the present policy we have to talk about is not uh, non-enforcement on both it's only non-enforcement on the buses so we got to come back
3: and even then it's also very uh, it's also very unclear because when she says current you know mode of enforcement fair collection policy it doesn't make clear whether she means the actual fares or the actual or the actual delaying or non- enforcement of fares during covid right and because there's that leeway to leverage there's a feeling among us and among among other um, groups the, that metro might try to actually pull back and clarify no we we mean that we're going to start charging right go back to the actual
2: policy
1: um great. Um and Barbara when all this is finished, uh I want your thoughts about what you think is going on and, and some thoughts on what we're gonna do. Uh keep going, Jenny. Uh
3: that that was the end of the edited section.
1: That's all right. That's all right.
3: Oh, okay. In one move the mayor agreed to take out his language stating an August start date uh for students and January start day for all passengers. In another move, Supervisor Hahn agreed to remove the word delay from her motion. But to be clear, the board voted to move forward in delaying the pilot project until the board can assure not one cent is taken from ongoing capital projects, 50% of their $8 billion budget. Funding is found and assured for the full 18 to 24, 24 month duration of the motion Negotiations with municipal operators are complete. Lastly, in the mid midnight hour of a very contentious conversation by the board, Supervisor Mitchell, seconded by Mike Bona, introduced a friendly amendment to maintain the current mode of non-enforcement of the fares for the duration of the quarantine and until a free, fareless transportation uh, transit initiative pilot is implemented. All right. So bus riders.
1: Go ahead. Lee, finish the last paragraph. Sorry.
3: Uh, this leaves bus riders in a complicated dilemma. While it's a great breakthrough that there will be no enforcement of fares, the Metro has agreed to pay another thirty-six million dollars to police to target Black and Latinx passengers. There's a bi-monthly public safety advisory committee of which more than one. Uh, more than one committee member has publicly stated they'd like to see increased unlawful searches of houseless people and stepped up invasion invasive fare checks. The Metro is taking on a fareless transportation initiative without the express input of the bus riders and no knowledge of our role in forcing the question. No so, acknowledgement
2: of our role in forcing the question.
1: So, Barbara, what do you think? What's on your mind?
2: Well, it It shows MTA's blatant hatred of its low-income passengers as they always have. I mean, you think of it, right now they are saying, okay, we're not checking, we're not going to do, we'll pinch out something for you low-income people, and uh, we won't do fare checks on the buses, but if you're on the train and on Metrolink, that's a a, a a whole different story. While as we understand and know that these the same seventy percent of low income people are riding the buses, very few of us only have one mode of transportation. So if we don't have the dollar seventy five for the for the bus, we don't have another dollar seventy five for the train or Metrolink, which is another separate payment altogether. And so it still is that threat of arrest, incarceration, and ticketing that we that 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 we will be. It's not definitely that we will be subject to. And and the other thing, as you were saying earlier, and I was just thinking about it. You know, when they want to build, when they want to expand the highways, they find the money. They don't say, "Well, it's not in the budget, and let's first figure out how we're going to pay for it." they immediately go to the buses and start again stealing money from the buses or not maintaining the buses in order to pay for whatever special project that they have. And the one that's moving the majority of the city, the buses, they could care less about and they don't mind robbing.
1: Yeah, it's good, Barbara. And, I mean, so listeners, let me tell you what's going on. Let me interpret our interpretation to you um, first of all i hope you find this interesting because uh, one thing is a stereotype 818985575 is as we teach at the strategy center you have to have a broad philosophical understanding you have to have a broad strategic understanding and then you do have to whether it's a union contract you know, they'll say, uh, we agree to pay you $14 an hour if we have the money. Uh, nobody would sign a contract that says that. Uh, we agree to slow down the assembly line if it's feasible. Now, there's some union leaders who would sell out our contract like that, but a goodly union leader would say, no, It must be having very specific uh, guarantees that are enforceable. So we're placed in a difficult situation, which we know how to negotiate when the other side wants to make something happen. I mean, look at the, the alternative. We, we go to the uh, LAUSD, and we go through a complicated motion, and we eventually reach a compromise that we're going to cut 25, uh, 35% of the budget in $25 million, and they cut the $25 million dollars. And then we take the $25 million and we try to make a motion to move the money to predominantly black schools. And the superintendent says, I'd like to find, I found another pot of $11 million, so let's make it $36 million. How is it possible that students deserve, Black Lives Matter, Inner City Struggle, Labor Community Strategy Center can work with elected officials who want to make something happen and they make something happen? It's happening. It's not that complicated. But this is disgusting. You know what I mean? This is what we call a poison pill. So why are they even discussing free public transportation? Because uh, in listening to this, Janning and Barbara, there's no way this is going to pass. I don't even know what the hell is going to happen. But there's not going to be—I don't even know if there's going to be a pilot project. And I don't want a pilot project. I just want you to pass the stuff. So now we go to our listeners— 818-985-5735. Here's the dilemma. In the past, we've said, if you may know Mayor Garcetti, call him. He he doesn't care. If you know Hilda Solis, call her. She doesn't care. I mean, we met with Hilda Solis's, I met, and we both did, with our top staff people on transportation who said she's very sympathetic to you. Uh, Yeah, she's very concerned about... Uh, even the uh, self-attestation, we agree there's problems of enforcement. She was introducing the motion to kill this thing. She and Jan- they lied to us. Imagine that, Eric. They lied to you. But do you <laughs> understand out there, folks? If you know Supervisor Hildesleis, you can tell him that Eric and Channing said that your staff lied to them. Directly lied. And did not tell us that you were introducing a motion to kill the plan. All right? We asked Supervisor Mitchell to meet with us. She would not meet with us. And we tried to explain to her what's wrong with self-attestation, which is you have to prove you're poor, which is morally wrong and legally wrong, and she would not get back to us. And other people who reached out to her... uh, We're told, uh, just stay out of it. We got this, you know. uh, Nobody's going to talk to us. So, uh, if I can go, uh, I was watching a a really good interview with uh, uh, Dr. Molina Abdullah the other day, just went on YouTube and saw one of the many. And this was after the uh, uh, the George Floyd, uh, um, I'm sorry, what is the name of the officer who was convicted? Um, so uh, Chauvin, Derek Chauvin. Yeah. So they said to her, so what's the mayor going to do? Uh, what does the mayor say to you? She says, say to us, Mayor Garcetti will not meet with the people's budget, will not meet with Black Lives Matter. And Mayor Garcetti will not meet with the Labor Community Strategy on and the bus residents. He'll meet with his lackeys. He'll meet with people that want a contract, you know, and they're going to have a big press conference that he did something to help the poor while he raised the the police budget by 3%. So we're in a difficult position. We're trying to be in the united front with a lot of our friends, but a lot of friends are really telling us, I can't take them on. I can't be in this antagonistic relationship that you have with them. And we're saying, well, the funny thing is it doesn't have to be antagonistic. We know how to work with elected officials who know how to work with us. So I'll be honest. We don't have a plan to win this thing. We have a plan to oppose it and at least to raise the moral question in the city that this is morally wrong, this is racist, and to get people like you concerned about doing anything, 818-985-5735. The second thing is we need to get more people on the buses and trains to talk to riders. If you'd like to volunteer with us, this Saturday at Strategy in Seoul, uh, 3546 Martin Luther King, is it 10 to 2, Channing? What are the hours Saturday?
0: It's the
3: third Saturday, so 10 to 4.
1: Okay, 10 to 4. Uh, and what time is the program? Uh, ten,
3: uh, one o'clock at the moment.
1: All right, so at a one o'clock program, Channing and Barbara mainly and myself, we're going to talk about, will you help us go out and talk to bus riders who don't even know that there is no free public transportation? There is no poor people's path. The students need to know, you didn't win K-12. through Hilda Solis and Janice Hahn said, You're not getting anything from our existing budget. Go out and find (laughs) philanthropic sources. Uh, Pretty funny. So if you care, we need you to put on a yellow and buy a, a BRU shirt and then go out with us and knock on some doors and talk to your friends. But we'll have a demonstration in your neighborhood of four neighbors that said Mayor Garcetti is violating the civil rights of bus riders. So, if you're interested, call eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five to focus on what you want to do. Okay, that's what we like to know. So, Channing, what are we gonna do? I don't know.
3: Uh, I don't either. But we're gonna try everything that we have in our power, um, even if that means you know going out of the norm and
1: yeah. <laughs> you can go. What? What? How are we going to go out of the norm? What are we going to do? Uh, I don't
3: know if I want to say that on air, but you know, house visits are that have been a very popular thing nowadays.
1: All right. So um, the point is, we got to do something, folks. We don't know what to do. How's that?
3: Oh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. There. The other idea that I forgot that we've been talking about is, you know. When we had the con- when you had the conversation with Phil Washington, we basically asked him, but what about the people who don't want to attest poverty or don't want to enroll in this program? What are you going to do? Are you going to enforce the fares? And so if Metro plans on enforcing the fares, I think it would be great if we plan on organizing a bunch of riders to purposely not pay the fares. We refuse to pay for racist service.
1: So uh, the point is, We at one point had a campaign called No Seat, No Fair. We're not strong enough to do it yet, but if there's going to be a point where whether we're strong enough or not, some people are going to have to go on the train and say we refuse to pay. And who would sort of be the front line of such a conversation because these are people who are willing to be arrested. We don't want uh, a lot of poor people to be arrested. It's not like we don't have any members who are poor, but you get it. We don't want We'll figure it out. But what do you think we should do? 818-985-5735. So that's where we are. Um, Tell us more about Saturday, Barbara and Channing. What are we doing? Barbara? Uh, Hi, I'm still
2: here. I'm still here. Can I just say one more thing about the no-pound
1: buses? We also need to extend
2: that to the trains as well. I think the, and, and, and while we're there, are organizing those people, those of us that are still on the trains to say no fee fare, I think, and, and this is more of a principle of the fact that there should be no fare. The fact that we do, MTA does have the money. They do not want to use it for public transportation. They do not want to use the money to, to, to better the bus system. They tell everyone, you know, we have to pay uh, Peter and Rob Peter to pay Paul, but they don't want to do the same. And I think that the, the emphasis should be on the principle that there is funding for it. You are refusing to use that funding. And on Saturday um, is come out, get to know us. We want you to fight with us. We don't, we want people, whether you ride the bus or not, it is the principle of the matter that we hope you are supporting those people that need to ride the bus, has no other
0: alternative
2: but to ride the bus, and you support their right to have free public transportation. And and I think that that is one of the things that, We are hoping those of our listeners agree with. We are hoping that our listeners will support this. They will share it with other people and also share it with their elected officials. A lot of you out there are in certain other programs that the city is doing. Bring it up in your meetings when you're at your neighborhood council meetings, when you're at your club meetings. Bring it up that we have a chance to be to jumpstart free public transportation nationwide. And why is it that we in Los Angeles cannot be the beginning of that?
1: So 818-985-575. We want to talk to Barbara and Channing and Eric. Uh, What kind of food do we have on Saturday?
3: Uh, I think we'll be having burgers but I have to look at the refrigerator. (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll, we'll definitely have, you know, it's the third Saturday of the month, so it means that we'll be having a lot more than we normally do, so we will have food. The bookstore and the theater will obviously be open, but we'll also have a flea market. We'll have plants ready to sell um, and various activities for the kids, uh, everything that you can think
1: of. Yeah, and we'll figure out enough, you know, vegan and gluten-free vegan and vegan this. Yeah, and
2: we, We've been having these fresh uh, fruit bowls for the past uh, couple of Saturdays which are very enjoyable especially with the weather being warmer which uh, helps uh, soothe their tummy. So yeah, we'll have something for everyone as well as health part.
1: And the other thing we want you to know is that we have a bookstore. Uh, if you want to call in, 818-985-5735. You're on KPFK, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, uh, 90.7, right? 98.7 in Santa Barbara, streaming live on the web at Uh, uh, kpfk.org. D'Angelo, why don't you play some music, and then me and Barbara and Channing can come back, and we'll talk about the campaign in the schools, okay? Because we have uh, busted out on the buses, and now we're going to move to the schools, so let's play Something Good, and, and we'll be back in a few minutes. You with Eric Mann and Cheney Martinez and Barbara Holland on Voices from the Front Lines. Talk to you soon. the
0: end is near, and so I... KPFK's spring fun drive is over and we are now back to regular program. Yes, it has been a long one. Thank you. And we thank you so much for your heroic support and contributions, large and small. That's it. We just want to acknowledge you and say thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. And so I got to face the final curtain, curtain.
1: So everybody, welcome back to Voices from the Frontline. It's Eric Mann here on KPFK, 90.7 FM. I want to thank the listeners who called in when I did the uh, Paul Robeson show and we gave away the film. Uh, Here I Stand, based on the great book he wrote, and we did raise $1,250 in, in that hour. So that means a lot. I appreciate you doing it, and uh, yeah, we hope there won't be a fun, drive, a fun drive for a while. We can do regular programming, but uh, let's keep giving money to KPFK. So Channing, you're about to go to a rally in front of the school board. Uh, for those of you who know about this tragedy, center, we're... Uh, we're everywhere, you know, where we sort of divide ourselves up and we're invisible and then we show up and you never know where we're going to be. So we're in the buses and now we're in front of the school board. What's happening?
3: Yeah, so uh, we, we had this great victory last year in which we deep under the L.A. school police budget with Monica Garcia and Students Deserve and other groups. And this year... As we're we're in a very big mode of a protect the victory mode in that the L.A. school police is already moving to roll back every victory that we've won and to get their budget back and to continue policing the students. And so we started off this year, uh, you know, and we're still sort of there trying to fight for a total defund of the L.A. school police. But... If we, in that we won that very big victory, unfortunately due to the death of George Floyd, uh, you know, there is a surety of whether we can make such a big cut this year. But at the very least, we wanna make sure that the school district passes a motion to spend $200 million on black student achievement and on alternatives to safety. Um, and, you know, even considering a a a cut to the L.A. school police, even if that means 50 percent, or if board members are willing to vote for a total defund of the L.A. school police.
1: Um, we'll, but, we'll come back to the—I uh, mean, one thing you're saying that's important, Channing, is that what people don't understand is that uh, the movement wins things and goes away, and the system never goes away. So we win— Free You know, we win uh, a $42 fair, and then they raise it to $75 and $100. So You win civil rights, they overthrew it. You win a voting rights, they overturn it. Uh, we have to hold on to what we got as we move to get more. So what you said is very important. Uh, tell me about the $200 million for black students in black schools. What's the state of that? What's really happening? You're listening at KPFK, 818-985-5735. Go ahead, Channing.
3: Uh, yeah, well, it's there are two potential options. Uh, one option is to work with the superintendent because there's a push on the part of the superintendent and many board members that already want to increase the spending for black students. And so one option is to work with them to to make improvements and to increase the budget through an administrative process. Uh, That is not requiring board members to vote on an official motion that says you must move the thing, but basically just increasing the budget for this year and uh, every year thereafter. The second option is an option that is calling on the school board members to take action to vote Uh, for an official motion that would both spend $200 million on Black Student Achievement, uh, would increase the student climate advocate position as an alternative to school police, and would expand the role of the current Black Student Achievement steering committee, of which we are on, along with other members. Um,
1: So that's great. I mean, you've you've learned so much, Channing. I mean, seriously, you know a lot, a lot, a lot. So what's the debate? I mean, you've talked to board members. Are they, do they want, do they, what's the upside of taking uh, the, the superintendent's position? Are there board members who say, no, let's bring it to a vote? What's the status of things now?
3: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the upside is that it doesn't get into the conversation around Defunding fully the LA school police, which is a complicated issue right now because a lot of folks on board and in the district want to know some of the progress that's going on with the black student achievement committee. Right. Um, if they're going to defund the LA school police, is this committee and the work that we're doing a viable option? And we think it is, but to some extent they're saying it's a little bit too soon to tell. Um, and so moving through an administrative uh, process would help to both expand really well well needed expansion for the black student achievement steering committee but it would also move uh, more money to black students which we definitely need um, you know through a board action we we had two different motions for a board action. One was $200 million, and one was a total defunding of the L.A. school police. And we want – we're trying to move both of those at the same time. Uh, the downside is that, you know, if you present the board with two different motions, then uh, we think that the board might choose one other than the other. And so there's a downside of that, that if we say $200 million for – alternatives to school police and then we say cut the uh, LA school police budget by you know 100% and move that to black students if they're not willing to cut the LA school police at the time that would be a very big setback
1: um, uh, I'm not sure because if in fact you introduce the motion and I'm, I'm just asking because you introduce the motion on the police at least you keep forcing the debate so that the least that happens is they're going to keep what you got because you're really pushing for more, and you might win. And the other thing is we might win both, right? I mean, the thing it's is, true. once the it seems to me that the more you're pushing a coherent thing to say we want to defund more police at the same time increase black funding, that could be a coherent motion, and. I think having both demands in front of the board, even if they're voted down, or, you know, see what the fight's like and see, as it you know, I mean, let's be clear. I'm not. Go, I'm just talking out loud because you're doing the work. Students deserve is doing the work, but my general inclination is, uh, let's keep the you know the conversation going because we're the only group in the city and the country right now that's really well one of the few. I shouldn't say that. That's really taken the defund situation as far as it's gone so far. And I think, I don't know, it's just going to be very interesting. I have a lot of respect for the work you've done, for the work the coalition's done. And you all figure it out. But this is one of the most advanced. I mean, you're now talking about $200 million for black schools. And you're talking about some kind of a defund motion. That's
3: right. And to your point, we have brought both of them to our allies on the board.
1: <laughs> Good. Um,
3: and so we're already in conversation with Kelly Gómez and Tanya Ortiz-Franklin. We've sent it to Nick. Oh, we're already in conversation with Nilka Melvoin as well, and we're going to be following up with Monica Garcia. Um, and I've not heard back from Jackie Goldberg quite yet. Um, so uh, at least three of the board members have seen – are thinking in various ways of where we're trying to go. Um, And we're definitely in conversation to figure out what's the best uh, strategy to get to a full defund, whether that's this year or next year or
1: whatever. Well, I just want our listeners to understand the difference. I mean, here you are talking about four and five possible votes in favor of more progress in some way, right, protecting what you have, trying to get more money for black schools, and we can't get the time of day from the Jokers over at the MTA. So you're mentioning people by name, and they know you by name, and they answer our phone calls. They're very good people. Nick Melvoin, Kelly Gones, uh Jackie Goldberg. Um, uh, I'm sorry, again, the name of the new board member, I should know. him. Uh,
3: Tanya Ortiz-Franklin. Yeah,
1: Tanya Ortiz-Franklin, and uh, Monica, of course, Monica Garcia, Tanya Ortiz-Franklin has been very strong since she got on the board. So we have five votes in the general direction of defund and five votes in the general direction of black fund. So that's pretty good. And uh, I want to commend Joseph Williams and commend you, Channing. And, you know, UTLA is playing a good role in this. In the city struggle, Coco. You know, we're we're... You guys you guys and we guys, but you people are doing great, you know you really should be proud of uh what you're doing and I think for our listeners uh this is how history is made that you need a deep philosophical approach, a deep historical approach, and then you gotta get into the weeds of reality <laughs> and you gotta know what you're talking about and as you doing study um You're studying both budgets, right, Channing? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So how many minutes we got, D'Angelo? All right, good. So, Barbara, anything on your mind? Uh, This is now random free play at the end of the show.
2: I am organizing and fighting for free public transportation, and what's on my mind is I look forward to the conversations that I have with people when we talk about free public transportation or rather no fair public transportation because we are paying cell tax to the MTA plus public transportation. And people say yes, why not? instead of how are we gonna pay for it? So that's one of the highlights of my day and I want more people out there to understand what is happening And we all say yes to no fair public transportation.
1: And what's your last thought, Channing, on anything could be? uh...
3: Yeah, I just just want to end with all the action items. Visit us uh, this Saturday at Strategy in Seoul, uh, 10 to 4, uh, 3546 West Martin Luther King Boulevard, for a very interesting and fruitful conversation on this campaign for free public transportation. And then number two, you'll be able to also hear how you can jump into this uh, No Police in LUSD campaign as well. And, you know, as, as we're saying on this show, the Strategy Center is trying to move on every front because we realize that this entire government and this entire nation, oppressive nation, is just built on genocide and everything they do. As I'm trying to write in this article, they can't help it. They have to have a, genocide, a- genocidal aspect into it. And we're trying to figure out how do we push them in every way possible.
1: And my last thought is I saw the heights, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Great dancing, great singing, great music. I got a lot of political questions, and there's all kinds of, I just want to say, there is a strong critique of the film about colorism, about the lack of representation of Afro-Cubans, and that's very important to see uh read about it you know i'm i'm not i i think i would add that there's no even support for the concept of cuba or and the guy named usnave his name was based on us navy so it's got some strong pro imperialist politics it does but some days you just got to got to watch something and it was some phenomenal dancing and phenomenal music So enjoy it, keep your critical eyes open, keep your ears open, but check it out. I think it's still worth, very much worth seeing so we can, all these important films, they're worth seeing that we can all talk about. So thanks, everybody. D'Angelo, thank you always for the help you give us. I mean it. It's a big help to have you there. Uh, We'll have Nina Simone take you out. We'll see you next Tuesday. We'll figure out something good to do. If you're interested, send me an email at eric at From thefrontlines.com. Check out our terrific website at voicesfromthefrontlines.com and you can download every great show for the last 37 years and take good care of yourselves. Thanks, Barbara. Thanks, Channing. See you next Tuesday. It never gets old. All power to the people. Much
0: more than this I No!